Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Word Podcast. I'm Chris Hout, a coach, and this is episode 133. And as we know, the Weekly Word Podcast is an ultra-endurance resource. On this podcast, we talk more than just training. Each episode, I try to dive into all the aspects of ultra-endurance, recovery, nutrition, mindset, sleep, training modalities, strength, and so forth. But what I've also noticed over these last few days is that there's an important component missing there, and that is community and the care and the love that we all display for each other because we can do this and we all suffer together and we all achieve together. The things we do in our ultra-endurance and endurance endeavors make it special because others have suffered with us. They understand how hard we worked. And that creates community. And with that, we have a very special community anyways. And so despite all the training modalities, there's also this community. And it's pretty important right now, as we all can imagine. And on this podcast, I've gotten a few emails this week, and one was very heartfelt. And I wanted to dive right into it because it does show how we do care for each other, how we need to care for each other how this time is quite difficult for different people. On the one hand, here I am talking about how to continue on with training and staying focused and self-care and coming out stronger for this. Yes, that is one approach. But what I'm also missing over the last few days and over these last few shorter podcasts is the human side of this, and that many of us are struggling with not being able to get outside on the trails or having to care for loved ones or having to worry about their children at home. And it's not like I have my teenagers, but they have first graders or second graders that require a lot more time. There's also care and love in this community because we're using it as a unique time to be close with our family, to spend time with each other. And of course, Every one of you has your own sort of list of what's important and priorities and how you get through your day. I get this. And we have many weeks to go in this environment. My role here as a coach of ultra-endurance athletes, as somebody who cares for your future outcomes, but also cares for your three-legged stool, cares for your health, cares for your sanity, cares for your overall joy in life, and how you approach it, and how you represent so much of what we all believe in, and that you're part of this endurance community that can shine, as I talked about last week, as a beacon of light, that lighthouse, that confidence, that stature, that posture, that strength, and not in power, but strength of character and values in helping others in our community, and keeping it together, not that people are falling apart, but keeping it together so that we provide strength and support and community for others who are struggling, that we can, they can lean on us and we can help them. And so this week on the Weekly Word podcast, I don't want to overlook that because we talk training, we talk pacing, we talk nutrition, we talk modalities, we talk strength, we talk mindset, we talk strategy, we talk tactics. But what we're missing maybe is the humanity of this and the care and the love that so many of you show and support 
that so many of you show for our community. And the important thing here is, of course, to continue to recognize this is all in perspective. There's other things more important. And my voice here is to say it's going to be okay. On the other side of this event, of this crisis, of this current environment, is a new more normal. Yes, it is. There is a new normal. Our events are being postponed and pushed back and things we've worked hard for and things that were creating a new normal for us, things that were giving us a newfound confidence, excitement of who we will be at the end of this road of training or this phase of training and all that shifting. And a lot of this revolves around how do I get you as my athletes, as those of you listening who I care deeply about, and I see you almost as my athletes, how do I get you from here where we currently are to there, to where you want to grow to, to your desired outcome, to achieving those things of the new normal and things that you never thought, not never, but were on the far edge of your reality, to create that new you and build that new you and the confidence and the understanding and the observations and the growth along with it along that journey and how to balance it, but how to keep the priorities in line and how to keep it all in perspective. And perspective is what I want to start with this week. Hi, Chris. I'm an avid listener of your podcast. I compete in trail run races in the half marathon distances in New York City and Arizona and also doing OCR Spartan races for the past three years. I had a lot of success in both fields with multiple podium finishes, both in age group and overall. Three weeks ago, I completed the last race of the trail run series in Arizona and won the title. I've been improving tremendously year over year. I'm 47 years old. I listen to your podcast every morning before a race. I am writing you today, day 10 of being stricken with the coronavirus. It has rattled me beyond explanation and has limited my ability to do anything, barely a walk, around my apartment. I feel and I know that I'm losing fitness rapidly and I am so frightened that all of the hard work is going to go away for good. It is hard to explain this illness and its effect. If I had an injury, I could do other things, work around, and plan to reemerge. However, this illness simply feels debilitating, and I'm rapidly losing hope on my ability to one day go back to who I was. My fitness and my ability to compete for the win defines me. I know you might not agree with this, but I find it to be true. I'm not married nor have any kids. I own an independent business that allows me to train plenty and travel. I guess I'm asking, how would you plan to come out on the other side of this, both physically and mentally? I am feeling so lost and hopeless, which is why I decided to write you tonight. Thank you very much, buddy. I hope you and your family are staying safe and healthy. Well, there you have it, perspective. And a very open and honest email to me. And I take an email like this very seriously because it is heartfelt and it is the care and it is love and it is our community. And it strikes me, I, as Emily saw when I first read it, I was quite emotional for someone to share this vulnerable side with them, with me, a voice on the other end of the podcast. And I've never met this person before. And I take this part and this opportunity 
to talk to him very, very seriously and personally. I want you to know I wrote back pretty quickly to him because I don't think it's fair to sit on an email too long. My response this morning, thank you for writing and sharing your worries. This is a difficult time and your focus is 100% your health right now. All your energy and mental work you put into training needs to go towards your health and a positive mindset about getting through this time of sickness. Some of the best athletes in the world are getting this and they focus their same attention that they do for training into getting healthy. It's incredibly powerful and effective to stay positive and focused on how you will return to full health. Then, and only then, focus on your fitness. Mono, strep, cancer, injuries, terrible life circumstances, so many things and events can cause us to lose our fitness completely, completely disassociate from our bodies, losing any connection to what we used to know and feel as athletes within our bodies. But all the athletes I have worked with through this have shown to return just as strong, powerful, fit, and as successful as prior, if not even more. Having gone through this experience will only make you stronger mentally. I can't say how in every way, but surely your love and appreciation for training and the events and fitness will be heightened, as well as your attention to take advantage of all the talents and hard work you can achieve and display. For all of them, they have had a more powerful, significant shift in their mental approach diligence, and joy in why they are training, feeling reconnected and even more in tune with their body. This all can be for you. You can, you absolutely can and will if you so choose. Nobody can take your choice away from you. As I say to all my athletes over the years, getting you fit again is not what I worry about. That is not a challenge. If you are motivated, focused, and disciplined, I will get you ready for any adventure, any event. Remember, getting fit is not a question. That is the easy part. The path and road is easily mapped out and can be charted, but you must first get healthy. Then stay true to what lies within you, the ability to choose your best athletic self in the future. 47 years old means you can have your best endurance years ahead. As Nietzsche wrote, to live is to suffer. To survive is to find some meaning in the suffering. Let's find the meaning in your suffering and use it to your advantage. Looking forward, Chris. The important piece here is understanding that we can all as a community and care and thought and love and positive energy help so many and have such a positive impact on our community. Getting the athlete fit again, any athlete fit again, is a process and it's simple to just execute and do. It seems like a long journey, but it starts with a few steps as we all know, and we get fitter and fitter. But when we lose hope, when we lose that connection or that perspective, that's when it becomes most difficult. 
and we have to remember the beauty of choice that lies within us. So to this athlete, I wish him the best of recovery, and I promise that I will be on the other side for him when he is healthy again and ready to rebuild an engine and a fitness level that he will be proud of. And as he writes, my fitness and my ability to compete for the win defines me. That's totally fine. It's actually refreshing to hear that you know what is important to you. You know your truth. You know your values. And that is okay. There have been many times where I placed a lot of importance on my own personal outcomes as well. And in the grand scheme of things, was it really that important? No, but it was important to me. And I worked hard for it just as he does or you do, excuse me. And therefore, if you work hard for it, and if you are focused on it, and if you are proud of your hard work and dedication and discipline and follow through, good. It should be important to you. And if the win and the competition and the results define you, so be it. There's a lot of positive qualities in that. And that can and will be rebuilt again. I am confident that in that. Thank you very much for sharing yourself, sharing your vulnerability, sharing your thoughts, sharing your this personal aspect of you. And I hope we, me, and all of us listening can give you those tailwinds of positive energy and health so that you will return to your trail running and Spartan races overall outstanding fitness. So there you have it. You can see why I was pretty struck by that email because it hits home and we can all read about things in the media. We can all see things on TV. But when somebody shares that, that could easily be us, that's meaningful and powerful. I've often said with this podcast and my coaching, sure, I make a living off of my coaching, but with this podcast, If we can have a positive influence, we, because many of you are part of this we with your questions and the direction this podcast has gone, can have a positive influence, can impact just one person or five people in a positive way, take them by the shoulders and gently turn them into the direction they need to go, well then this is all worth it. 133 episodes are worth it for that one person, for those two people, for those five people where it's had a positive impact on their lives. And so for that, again, I say thank you, as always, especially in this time of sort of isolation, where we can feel distant from our community, from those that help not necessarily validate us, but they prop us up because they highlight and are proud of the work and the training and the consistency and the discipline and the perseverance that we show in our training. And not having that makes this time difficult. I totally understand that. And that's why we're here talking about it and going through a few of these emails and topics. All right, let's move on to another email. Hi, Chris. Thanks for putting out your podcast. It's great content and so grateful you share your experience and knowledge of so many years being in the sport. (laughs) Yes. Defining, definitely appreciating your insights in in the current climate, mate. Would be interested to know your thoughts and intensity 
around intensity and swim training versus other sports. I know you've talked about how easy the pro cyclists train, and I take that runners have to go pretty easy as well. I've listened to a fair bit of your podcast, but I haven't been able to find one where you talk about this. For info and background only, I'm, I'm a water polo player and open water swimmer from Australia. The mate sort of gave it away. <laughs> and while I am pretty fast over 15 meters from all the polo, I've played getting into... I have played, oh, from all the polo I've played, getting into your podcast and the longer training has really helped with endurance and technique. As a kid, I could always swim a relatively fast 50, but never had any good endurance. The 15 meter sprint suits me just fine. My goal is to be able to do around 12 and a half minutes for 1K. I'm currently 28 and can do around 13, 13, 20, 13 and a half for a 1K. It's hard to read. I built up to around 35 to 40K weeks for a few weeks and then tapered it off. Doing more easy volume definitely helped me when, then, when I then wanted to be able to go for it in a swim set. I've done a 9K open water swim and looking at doing another one later this year, depending on what happens, would love to do a big marathon swim one day. Keep up the inspirational podcast. Well, outstanding question and um, fun to talk about. So let, let's break it down ever so gently. Um, your thoughts around sw intensity and swim training versus other sports. So first off, for you all listening, water polo is an incredibly intensive burst of speed sport. You, you're, you're always sprinting to the ball from your position. You need to be incredibly fast. But keep in mind, when you're not sprinting you're still treading water and have to play defense there's no rest you're not able to let go or hold on anywhere you're constantly treading water keeping your body up keeping on the on top of the game and where you need to be and then sprinting once the action hits your area or position or the strategy that you need to display for the game so water polo players are outstanding sprinters and that's why he's talking about 15 meters from all the polo I've played. As a kid, I could always swim a relatively fast 50 meters, he means, um, but never had good endurance. The 15 meter sprint suits me just fine. So in swimming, there's a second level of intensity that's different than running and cycling. And then I would say 99.9% .9 of all the sports in the world in that you're holding your breath in what you're doing. So there's an extra level of intensity and tax on the body. So keep that in mind, high level. Therefore, I bring that up because if you were to see your heart rates during swimming, sprinting, high intensity sets, you'd be surprised how high your heart rate gets because of that holding your breath. And so things are a little bit out of whack when you look at it from a physiological standpoint and cardiovascular standpoint like that. But if you're looking to get faster in the 1k 1000 meter that's a different story right because you're that's truly endurance swimming and if you're looking to go faster in a 9k open water swim or marathon swimming it all depends on what the desired outcome is i would be interested to know your thoughts around intensity and swim training training versus other sports so my question to you and back here is if your goal is to be able to do 12 and a half minutes for a 1k 
there's not a lot of intensity that you don't already have built into your body from the years of water polo. So your speed and turnover, especially for polo players, turnover is extremely high, um, is already there. Your burst and power, but you don't need that when you're swimming a thousand meters, when you're swimming for 12 and a half to 13 minutes. So your ability to create muscular endurance will become key. Now, I'm not sure if you're swimming in this time. I'm not sure how the pools are in Australia, but this would be a great time for you to do the stretch cords to bring the muscular endurance up so that your second 500 can get a lot faster. So if you're looking at um, a thousand meters and it looks like you're looking to do about 615 for a thousand meters, that means, so you're looking to swim 115 pace. And you're currently holding probably what looks like 120-ish, 122 pace, 123 pace. So yeah, you're looking for that extra speed, especially probably on the back end. So being able to take that 400 out in about five minutes or a little bit under five minutes, 448, and then follow it up with another 400. So you're looking to swim about a 10 minute or sub 10 minute 800 meters, which is, and that's a pretty solid 800 meters. So we're, we're talking the finer aspects of swimming here. So yes, typical swim workouts, typical training, not a lot of um, speed work, but a lot of big yardage, or excuse me, big meters. And your 35 to 40k weeks is good. But keep in mind, you want to swim strong on the back half of your workouts, especially if you're thinking of doing um, some test sets. Test sets for you are 10 times 400 meters, right? And you're doing them on six minute send off, let's say, and you're trying to find a groove of swimming 455s, 445s the entire time with a minute rest. So plenty of rest, but then to quickly find that groove. Those last three, four um, 400s should be faster and smoother and more controlled than the first three, four, 400s out of those 10, 400 meters. If you're doing that, you are pretty close to knowing that you can quickly do your, your, your time that you're looking for. Also keep in mind, you can do broken work. You can do negative split work. For you to do a broken 1,000 on, let's say, 125 send-off and click in 115s, or a broken 1,000 where you take exactly 10 seconds after every 200. Um, because then after those five 200s, you subtract your 50 seconds from the total time. Again, getting you as close to actually executing it consistently in training is going to be the key. And obviously not that you're going to put together the 12 and a half minutes for the 1,000 meters, but that you're hitting the paces for shorter pieces in a controlled fashion, and then you work on your muscular endurance. That's how I would sort of go about it. Yep, I think that should answer it. So I hope that helps. And if you need more insights, just email me. Another email from Michael. Hi, Chris. First off, I would love to say thank you for all that you do. I look forward to every one of your podcasts, and I'm sure you hear it all the time. But you help all of us so much, so thank you again. I'm not sure if this is the right plat platform to ask you this, maybe answered on the podcast, but on long runs, if your runs are cut short because of foot pain, not like arch or niggle, but I guess bust, bust basic fatigue, just basic fatigue, 
will that go away with more long runs or will they like will they adapt <laughs> or is there a deeper issue like footwear or anything like that thanks sincerely sincerely mike um good question again so your feet are getting achy not pain not a specific pain but just achy um, one i would look into yes your shoes and your footwear because either if it's too old or if it's allowing the terrain to leak through to be felt through on the from the shoe that's an issue if that's not what is what's happening it might be an arch question a supinating or pronating type of shoe question you might need some inserts insoles to keep that planter um, from tensing too much by every from every landing and extra work it might just be yes you're building up tolerance on your foot for all those new strikes i would look into if you're overstriding, meaning if that heel strikes ahead of your knee and your hip now maybe videotape yourself with your phone on how you're running your running form your running style from the side and from the front to get a good sense of what it looks like versus what it feels like and um, try a variety of different aspects too of different terrain pay attention to treadmill versus road versus concrete versus trail so all those little inputs will give you more insights as to why your feet are in achy pain and i i do know what you mean i've felt this before and things they fatigue differently they just have a soreness and an achiness to them and i worked my way through a variety of different shoes and a variety of different sensations in in my feet that i needed to have so for example bigger toe box more spacious toe area so that my feet could stretch out with every landing i had to buy a shoe size bigger because my feet were too crunched in some earlier running shoes that i used way back so little things like that how well for a lot of people that have achilles or heel pain how well is the the back of the shoe wrapping around your heel and around your achilles for some it's too tight for others it's too loose um, so all those things add up to how your foot is landing snug comfortably supported in the shoe which is then therefore on the terrain remember 40 times your body weight is a lot on uh, on the body uh, on the foot for running that gets dissipated a little bit up to the knee and then a little bit more to the hip but 40 times your body weight is what you're striking and landing with so we want to make sure that that strike zone is correct and supported and allows for everything to work properly i hope that helps that's not really an answer but i think it will go away with longer runs and they will adapt but i also think you might need to look at all the footwear and surface aspects and then also i wouldn't forget to roll out my feet give yourself a good foot massage with a, a lacrosse ball or a golf ball just in circles below your foot to really massage that those tired and hard-working muscles after a run or on an off day or so forth so just all the foot care that you can do especially as you're building up those tolerances i love hearing from my athletes in this time in this bizarre environment where everything is changing and so much is changing every week oftentimes multiple times a day 
And one I'm here, I just heard from, which is so refreshing to read. I'm eating very clean, which feels great. And I probably think probably the best outcome through all of this because he's eating cleaner. I always did well or mostly well here, but I've taken it to the next level over the past few, the past few weeks. I've also been meditating two times a day using Headspace. So all in all, I'm maintaining fitness, eating well, and taking care of my mindset. I look forward to normal days, but for now, I am grateful. Beautiful to hear and beautiful to read. An important topic that keeps coming up in a lot of emails that I've received is swimming. We're all starting to see more and more that there will be no swimming for many, many weeks. Schools are closed, pools are closed, gyms are closed, training facilities are closed. One of the main reasons why they moved the Olympics is because so many athletes, including swimmers, just don't have a place to train. We all understand the sacrifices that are being made and need to be made in this time, whether it's from a financial aspect and our economy, as well as these other sacrifices that are coming up, whether it's athletes and facilities, whether it's kids and no graduation or college students, no, you know, everything has changed. Their seasons, their final season, let's say you're a NCAA basketball player and you didn't have your final conference tournament and you didn't have your final NCAA tournament or opportunity to. And there's so many stories and so many different ways that this has affected so many lives. High school prom, all those things canceled. Difficult times, but back to the original question or topic, which was swimming. And important for all of us to remember as triathletes now is that swimming is the one investment that pays off the least. And so what I would recommend in this time is to focus on the strength, on the biking, on the running, on our flexibility, on eating well, on prepping for all the aspects of our training and future racing without the swimming. And many of you might argue, well, swimming's part of the sport. Absolutely it is. And I don't wanna lose my hard work of fitness that I built up. Well, it's futile to fight this because you're not going to get into open water every day unless you're in a rare environment, let's say in Hawaii, but even there the beaches are closed and so forth, or in Florida or some environment where you have a lake out your back door. But for the majority of us, we're not able to swim and that's okay. If you are an hour swimmer for an Ironman, for you to get to a 57 takes an immense amount of time and work to get to that under an hour faster swim time. It's already a big sacrifice that could be better spent those three minutes if you spent that same amount of time and focus on running and biking, you would probably find 20 minutes. If you're a 115 swimmer to get down to a 110, similarly, finding five minutes, yes, it's sure it feels great and you're getting faster and you're in a different group as you're riding further forward and with different types of athletes on the bike. Again, the time investment needed is well spent, better spent in most cases. The majority of cases is better spent on the bike and the run. You'll find a lot more time. And if you're a slower swimmer than that, even more of a sacrifice to find a few minutes. 
take that stress off of you. I was talking to an athlete the other day. Well, and I want to keep maintain my swim fitness. Well, the challenge is the logistics, the time, the stress to get that in, to drive there, to figure it out, to make sure everything's good, to have the wetsuit and drive back home and get everything back to sit back to normal or situated. That's a big investment in time that you could spend more efficiently in these windows currently biking, strength, running and logistics and so forth, or the other buckets of our lives. But then also keep in mind if you'll be able to swim there or what the weather is or the temperatures and so forth. So it's a complicated process right now. And I would prefer that my athletes, and I'm recommending to all of you listening, let that go for now. The weather will get warmer as we go further along in this crisis and environment. Some things may open in eight, nine, 10 weeks from now. I don't know, again, speculating. But by eight, nine, 10 weeks from now, six, seven, eight weeks from now, the weather is a lot warmer. And then to say, okay, in this current environment with working from home or I have extra time because I'm not commuting or whatever it is, then to twice a week, go to an open water swim place where you know you can get in some decent swim work, then we reintroduce it. And I'm sure you won't lose that much. I'm sure you won't. As I'm trying to ramp up with the stretch cords and videos and workouts for all of you, you will find that if you do that right, it keeps you quite close, quite closely connected to the swim fitness. I'm about, since the pool's closed, I'm about six stretch cord workouts sessions in myself. And I can really feel that I am somewhat connected to swimming. Am I connected to swimming to swim five, six, seven thousand yards right now? No. Do I feel connected to swim two, 3,000 yards effectively and get back to fitness pretty quickly? Yes. And that was our whole goal with these next few weeks, bunch of cases, months. We want to stay connected to a fitness level that we can launch from. Many of you will find that you will be able to cycle and again, keep it in a reasonable range, but you can launch to a four, five hour, six hour bike ride from the fitness you're maintaining here or carrying that you can launch to a two-hour run or 215 run if you're getting ready for a marathon from the current fitness levels that you're maintaining. And that's that's the goal, right? And who knows where the schedule and life and weather and the environment opens up, if it does, in the next few weeks that you have a weekend where you can run longer. You want to be able to use those windows to your advantage and say, you know what? It's sort of lined up pretty well. I have, an, I have time for a 16-mile paper run this weekend. I have time for a four-hour bike ride this weekend. You don't want that workout, that session, to completely crush you. You want that session to be effective, to be absorbed, to fit into the fitness profile and where you currently are. And so that is why swimming, currently, we want to shift our energy levels, our anxiety. Yes, it's, it creates anxiety by not swimming. And you're a triathlete. I get it. And you have events in the 
summer and in the fall, and you don't want to lose the fitness. A lot of you might say, but Chris, I've worked hard to get to a 110 Ironman swim, or I've worked hard to get to a 33 or 34 minute half Ironman swim. I absolutely get it. But working on technique, working on strength, working on the other things, that working hard will pay off and that you just bought yourself five, six, seven minutes in the swim and the bike, uh, in the bike and the run on a half Ironman or that you bought yourself 15, 20 minutes on the bike and the run in an Ironman. So take it all in perspective and where's the best use of your limited training time? In this environment or in any environment, even six months ago, what do I always try to convey to all of you? That is, let's maximize the limited training time we actually have. We have family, we have career, we have a lot more than that going on right now. Let's maximize the limited training time. Is me driving a half an hour, putting on my wetsuit, doing a 35 or 40 minute random open water steady swim, driving back, and all the logistics around that, effective use of my training time? Probably not. Let's simplify it and be successful. Unfortunately, I had to cancel my camp last week, um, mainly because the hotels were closed and so there's no hotel rooms, there's no restaurants, and of course, as mo as we go further into this current crisis and environment, it's also very unrealistic to think that in two, three weeks from now, there's going to be any type of let up, and so it was time to cancel. I should correct canceling and saying it was postponed, because I do really want to have this camp. Of course, also in this environment, they don't really let you cancel anything and get your money back for the house I rented. So it's postponed and they give you a few access or credit for a future date. So financially too, I'm saying postponed. But that means when this does open up, when we do have some sort of insight with what's going on on the other side of this and have a better understanding of what we'll be able to do because even though the environment, the crises might change a little bit, we might not be able to do what we want to do with regards to group training and so forth. But once we have a better understanding of that and insight towards that, I want to be very early on in offering a way for us all to get out into nature, exhale, enjoy beautiful Sonoma County, help that community. They had devastating wildfires last year, devastating economic shutdown this year. So as soon as I can, I want to support the community, support all of you, get us together, have fun, have experiences, learn, apply our fitness that we've maintained this time, get reinvigorated, reconnected to the events and training we're doing. And again, have fun and care and love and community in this environment that we're kicking out of at that point in time. And I will share that, let you all know when those windows or when that time comes of when that training camp is, whether that's July, whether that's June, whether that's August, we're gonna do our coast ride and we're just going to have fun. We are truly going to have fun. That coast ride in January was such a beautiful, fun group and community and adventure and experience for so many, including me, that I wanna quickly also offer that again with Oregon and maybe even California, so that many of you that might not have had 
the opportunity to take advantage of your postponed events or you can't do the rescheduled date, let's do something with endurance and community and fun anyways. And I will be busy offering that, of course, as well, as soon as we get some sort of insight as to what the other side of this looks like. Thank you for being patient on that and understanding as well. I wanted to go into a few more emails or commentary I got over the last few days with regards to training and how this all goes about. I wrote to one athlete, sounds good. These weeks will require us to train when we can. I'm less worried about the recovery from overtraining because we're not doing enough volume currently. Worry about how we're lining up the week or where each workout is or that we're skipping a rest day. So however we get it in, fine. Just best you can get it in. Another email I wrote, focus on good food, decent training, and good sleep. Everything outside of those pulls energy from you, which is okay, but think of this of these three as energy building, storing, and recalibrating. If you can add some meditation or exhale mental time, which I call exhale mental time, just sort of I had some time to myself and I could just exhale. Or exhale mental time of quiet time. You are doing amazing. The weeks will not get better. Shift your focus and priorities. Another commentary. A self-curated, self-supported approach is amazing and highly recommended. This is in response to a lot of events being canceled or no longer realistic in the window that they're offering the reschedule. Be ready for events later this summer, maybe even events you didn't think you were possible to get into. I have a feeling things might shift for a lot of people and your ability to be ready versus others not able to train. Well, you know what I'm saying. That's what I wrote to the athlete. Important here is that I think due to the rescheduling of a lot of events or the time of year, a lot of people will not be able to make those events. And so some events I am believing, I am thinking, <laughs> are going to open up to new entrants. And just imagine if you got into an event or an event that you've been trying to get into for years and you have the opportunity to take part in that, maybe not to your best or fittest because you didn't prepare for it, but you can take part in it at least and experience it somewhat, that would be amazing. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. Now, others might not be able to train given this current environment financially or due to logistics with kids at home or working from home or hanging on to a job before, you know, while they still can. I understand that. And so with that, not that we're taking advantage of it, but that's just the current reality. And for you to train through this and be fit enough to be able to take somebody's slot just because they had to pass up on it, A, because of the date, or B, because they just couldn't train in this environment, you would want to at least turn this situation into a positive. And while it's a bummer that some can't do this or can't train or will have to say no to their entry, let's not let it go to waste. And out of respect to the community, out of respect to that valuable entry that it doesn't go to waste, your ability to be fit and strong and 
able to take advantage of that turns a negative into a positive because there's an experience waiting for you that you might not have had. That's why I'm saying let's be ready. Let's train. Let's keep our mindset and our focus, not necessarily on some specific future task, but we want to stay focused on being fit, strong, and most importantly, healthy. Also, I wanted to clarify, maybe even correct what I said last week with regards to hard interval training and running or cycling and so forth. And I got a question regarding that. And as I was thinking it through, I realized that I might not have been very accurate on my description last week. And that is, is there an inherent risk to running or racing long distances during this or any pandemic? While it's true that hard training and racing causes short-term, short-term immune system suppression, that suppression is short-lived and your immune system bounces back quickly. What that means is that there is a short window post-exhaustive training and racing where you are theoretically more susceptible to infection. But your immune system, especially as an athlete, is so robust and dynamic, it will quickly bounce back and be strong again. And so last week, I might have said that incorrectly, or it might have come across incorrectly. So I wanted to make sure that I um, corrected that. All right. On that note, I'm going to close for this week a shorter podcast, but I think we touched on a few good topics. And most importantly, we touched on the human aspect of this. Although I preach and talk a lot about persevering and pushing through and being strong, I also want to recognize that we're all humans in this and there's a lot of emotions and care and worry, but also love and support and positive attitude going around. And however, we, we as a community of these of us listeners, but also of endurance athletes can show that positive energy and support and love and care and community, the better. Because as I mentioned last week and even two weeks ago, we're well equipped for endurance. It's part of our mindset. It's how we think. We think of things far out in the future and how we're willing to work consistently and diligently towards it. Well, let's shift that and continue to motivate and be positive and show others how we can persevere together in all of this to an event, a clearing of this fog, of this crisis, and getting better insight of where it possibly might end in the way distant future and how we can persevere and be diligent and work steadily towards that future date. That's who we are. And that's what I also want to support with all of you on this podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to open up on that letter, share that, because I think it's important for all of us to remember it's a very real time we're going through. And it's a very real pandemic we're living in and with and through. And I want you all to stay healthy, positive, active and out there as we can as a community.